0: What I thought we'd do this morning as opposed to uh, continuing our Galatians verse by verse is since it is Easter Sunday, I want to share some thoughts about the crucifixion and the resurrection. Mm. And um, so let's just go there and see what happens. So awesome. Let's pray. Lord, we just thank you so much that a door has been opened that no man can shut that the kingdom of heaven has come that in our spirit. We are now where you are and you are where we are. Lord, we thank you for the, for the work that you accomplished by the obedience of one Christ. We are made righteous. Lord, I pray we never get over the fact that we are righteous as a gift. For he who has received this abundant grace and the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one Christ Jesus. Lord, help us see these things in a greater and greater way. For we look not at that which is seen, but that which is unseen. For that which is unseen is eternal and is the real That which will last forever. That which is seen as temporary. And though real, only a picture, only a shadow of that which is eternal. Thank you, Father, for showing us the reality of your love toward us. You call us beloved. You call us beloved. You love us with the same love that you loved your son with, which is awesome. So help us now, Lord, see these things as we just enjoy the revelation that has come as we celebrate this time together. Thank you, Lord, for the the reality of union. The reality of union. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, I was talking to Robert uh, yesterday or last night about I got a thought that I knew this, but it really came alive to me just, just yesterday or a couple of days ago. Um, and that's this. Well, let me, say this, let me say this first. Let me back up. I believe that we, um, God wants us to see how everything changed when Jesus came was crucified and was raised again. Everything changed. And I mean, dramatically changed, but this change, this reality that Christ came and brought to us is an invisible reality that does manifest in the visible. It's not just all theory and nothing ever happens in the visible. No. It is an an invisible reality that does manifest in the visible. Everything is different since he has come. Now, after Jesus was crucified and was raised again, Paul continued on as business as usual. I mean, he was persecuting the church. He was studying Torah. He was going to temple. Paul, the apostle, did not see at that time, what had changed in the invisible. Until, as we know, on the road to Damascus, the glorified Christ, Jesus himself, manifested himself to Paul and revealed himself to Paul. And we know what happened there. He, his eyes were blinded from the glory of God for three days. He couldn't see until Ananias, the, the, the disciple Ananias, went and laid hands on Paul at the direction of the Lord himself. And something like great scales fell off Paul's eyes, the scripture says. Scales fell off his eyes and he saw, he understood, at least the beginning of what Christ was about to show him in the desert of Arabia about this, this awesome Messiah, this secret that was hidden in God. That's Paul's words. This secret that was hidden in God and not revealed to the sons of men until Christ came. This awesome work of God where he would come to, into our realm And become a man that the son himself would be sent by the father. And that the word who was with God and was God would become flesh and tabernacle among us. And we could behold his glory full of grace and truth. So that he might die. And that death might be the death of the Adamic race. The entire Adamic race. Because he was before Adam. And all things came from him and through him and by him. He was crucified. He was, he was slain before the foundation of the world. The lamb before the foundation of the world. So all in a, in a great mystery. God, who is outside of time and space, came into time and space as a man lived under the law, born of a woman, born under the law, lived the perfect righteous life so that he could be that substitute. So that he could literally terminate everything from the beginning of Adam. Otherwise, Hebrews says he would have to suffer every single day to cover people's sins if we look at it in a time and space mentality. But the way God looks at things, like last Sunday we talked about circles within circles and and how God looks at things. In Christ, everything began in him and through him and so he was able to lay down his life in a great mystery and thereby plunge all, even creation, all was plunged and destroyed And redeemed heaven, the angels. Heaven was cleansed. All this happened through him. Because he was before Lucifer. So all that happened after the beginning was cleansed. So that when he began again a new creation at the resurrection. The voice from the Father. Remember we talked about that. How the Father said, Jesus said, glorify your name, Father. And the Father spoke the third time audibly from the heavens. And he said, I have glorified it and I will glorify it again. I believe the father is saying there, he's he's referencing the creation, the glory, being able to call something out of nothing is, uh, is the glory of God. There are two things that, that are like referred to as the glory of God in the scripture. It is being able to call into being that which does not exist by your words and it's able to raise the dead. The two, things, the two things Satan cannot do. He cannot call into being. He cannot create by his words. He's an angel, a fallen angel. And he cannot raise the dead. And that's why Jesus said at Lazarus' tomb, he said, didn't I say, if you would but believe, you would see the glory of God. Lazarus. See? Only God can raise the dead. Only God can call into being that which does not exist. And in both cases, he did this in the resurrection. He not only called into being, that was done not exist, but he raised us from the dead. He raised us from the dead. And that's what the father meant when he said, I have glorified my name and I will glorify it again. Because he said that as Christ was approaching the cross. Okay, so here's Jesus going to the cross. And and, uh, this great secret is about to be revealed now um, to mankind through Christ. We need some more chairs back there. Thanks, bud. Now, to me, this, this is one of the things that really triggered the revelation of the finished work of Christ in my own life. This is one of the things that triggered my understanding. was it, it, what caused me to search beyond what I just heard <coughs> in traditional teaching. And that's this. There was a secret hidden in God that was not known to, by the sons of men, by people, by the human race until Christ came. And so that means the revelation of his secret has got to be something very different from what they did know under Moses. And yet, when I was a young believer searching these things out, I heard message after message after message about law and judgment and obedience. I heard nothing different. I mean, all most of what I heard preached was something that could have been preached in Moses' day. All about the fear of God, all about law, all about commandments, all about judgment, all about well, what was the secret? What's the secret? I mean, that's, Paul had that. Moses had that. That's the thing that triggered in me a search for what is this mystery of Christ? What is this thing that God did that is so different that those who were preaching righteousness, who were preaching law, who were noble people trying to obey God and follow God, rejected the secret, resisted the secret, and tried to kill the one who brought the revelation. That's how diametrically opposed this revelation is to what was under Moses. The law kills, but the Spirit brings life. Okay, so this whole new reality had come in Christ. And this is what I want us to just really hear this morning is that I've said this, I guess, a thousand times, but the Christian life is not about doing. The doing will follow. It's all about seeing. Seeing. The kingdom of heaven is a future reality that has come into our time. We can partake of the powers of the age to come. The awesome reality of the good news of the kingdom of heaven is that in the spirit, that which is going to be manifested visibly, that that which is going to be the only reality where there is no evil, has come into our present age we can partake of a future reality. You know that, that movie, Back to the Future? You know, that, that's what it is. The power of the kingdom has come into our present reality for those who see it and believe it, who can believe and you can partake now. You can taste. The scripture says we taste of the powers of the world to come, the kingdom to come. That means experience. We taste it. We don't, we're not just reading a menu. We're not just reading of what's going to be when the server brings our food out. We're not just reading the menu of what's coming. We're tasting it. We can taste of the powers of the world to come now within us. Though we are in a hostile world, yet the kingdom is within by the Spirit now. Righteousness, His righteousness. And that's awesome. Think about that. You can walk the earth As righteous as the Christ himself, because you have, I have his righteousness. As Paul says, I I seek to be found of God, not having my own righteousness, which is by the law, but the righteousness, which is Christ, which is given to me. For he became sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. So in this realm that I live now in, having been translated into the kingdom of the beloved son, I have his righteousness. And, And Jesus said, I give you my peace. I leave you my peace. I give you my joy righteousness, peace, and joy is the kingdom of heaven within by the spirit now. See, so, so we see this unseen reality. And I guess, and if you think about it, think of the emphasis Paul put on seeing the invisible. He at one point did not see the invisible. And then he began to see the invisible, which is a misnomer. Seeing the invisible doesn't make sense. But what he's talking about is revelation, an understanding that comes by the spirit that we might know the things of God, the things that are freely given to us in Christ. Because only then can we live a life on earth as we were meant to live in the victory, in the power, in the glory of the risen Messiah. Now, not just in the future, but now in the Spirit, understanding that no matter what tribulation comes to us, as Jesus said, in the world you shall certainly have tribulation. In the world you shall certainly have hard times. In the world you shall certainly have people come against you. In the world you shall have people give you a cross of rejection. In the world you shall have all these things that come against you. But you can be of good cheer. I can be of good cheer. For He has overcome the world and brought us with Him. To sit with Him in heavenly places. And so now He is also with me in this union that has come. I am with Him and He is with me. This new reality, this kingdom that should bring joy, unspeakable and full of glory when we see it. (laughs) <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. it's so cool I mean I mean this is this is the glad news of the kingdom. the glad news of the kingdom is the glad news that another world has invaded our world. you know that verse in Luke where it says that we, it's misquoted many times where it says um, the, the kingdom of God suffers violence and the violent take it by force and it's translated that way and, and we're told that that means you've got to pray storm heaven and get get what you deserve not deserve necessarily, but get what you've what is yours in Christ and that's not what that's saying in the actual Greek it's actually saying this it doesn't say you you storm heaven to get... Heaven is not holding back. You don't have to storm heaven and convince God to give us anything. He gave. What, what does that verse mean? It means, in the Greek there, it actually means the kingdom of heaven is breaking forth into this world and the violent are resisting it with force. Yes. The violence are, is the evil, not, the, not you as a believer praying with violence. No. The kingdom, and that's exactly what happened when Christ came. The kingdom was breaking forth, forgiveness of sins, healing of the sick, all these things. And the Pharisees stood with their robes and said, who do you think you are? They resisted the kingdom, breaking forth into this world The violent, eventually took his life. Actually, he gave his life and handed over. No man takes his life. You see what I'm saying? Isn't that awesome? So you're a part of this invading force, this invading reality of the glory of God. God's goodness has come. God's goodness. The angels announced His birth. We bring you great tidings of great joy. We shall be to all people. Myriads and myriads of angels opened up to those shepherds. Oh my God. What's coming? What's coming on earth is awesome. It shall be great joy to all people. God is coming. And no man can stop what He's doing. Hallelujah. It's awesome, isn't it? It's so cool. Robert and I were talking last night. Robert heard a a preacher say something about how when the, at Pentecost, when the wind came at Pentecost and the fires, a fire appeared on their heads, which is obviously a picture of the Holy Spirit and so forth because of the the types and scriptures refer to the Spirit as the wind and the fire and so forth. But Robert said he heard a guy say that along with that, that could it be, that the sound of the rushing wind, uh, the sound of this awesome, like a tornado, could it be that was, a, was a, an opening of the heavens to release angels into the earth, ministers of the heirs of salvation? Because right after that, in the book of Acts, you see angels appearing everywhere. Everywhere. Serving the, the heirs of salvation. Serving the sons and daughters of God. Angels, what, what, why? why would that be at this time? Because the scripture says, and this is what I want to, this is what I, was, I, want the, I want you to see this invisible reality. The scripture says, and, and this is what really hit me. This is how I started. This, right, going back to what I first said, I got this, this revelation, something that I, I knew, but I didn't really see. Do you realize, saints, that until Christ was raised from the dead and ascended, do you realize that no human being was in heaven? Never, never. The Gospel of John, chapter 3, verse 13 says, the Son of Man, well, he said it this way, he's speaking to Nicodemus, he said, no man, no man has ever ascended into heaven except the Son of Man who has descended and who is in heaven now. That is awesome. We assume that Elijah, taken up in the fire, was brought to heaven. No. Elijah was brought to Abraham's bosom in Sheol. We assume that Enoch, who was and was not, was brought to heaven. No. He, the Christ, had to be the first man glorified and to enter heaven. He must have the preeminence in all things. He had to descend to Sheol and release Enoch and release Moses and release Elijah. See? Isn't this awesome? Now, look at the heart of the Father. The heart of the Father is, I want to bring many sons into glory. And yet, from the beginning of time until the resurrection of the Christ, his sons were in a place outside of heaven, yet being take cared by him in Abraham's bosom. Okay, let, let me go back. It is cool. Yeah. <laughs> Ima- imagine this. Imagine, all right, let's imagine this. Before Christ, anybody who died descended, nobody ascended. Nobody could ascend, as Jesus said. Everybody descended to a place in the Hebrew called Sheol, in the Greek called Hades. Same place. Not hell. This is not hell. This is not the judgment of the lake of fire. This is not hell. This is a nether world where departed spirits went. And in this place, in the Hebrew called Sheol and in the Greek called Hades, there was a great gulf. Jesus said that separated two groups. One group was called the, the group of Abraham's bosom. The other group was the, those who were outside of that place. The reason why it's called Abraham's bosom is because Abraham is considered the father of faith. And the, the, the one thing God looks for in the heart is faith. Since the beginning of time, no one will ever enter heaven by their good works. Never. It's always a matter of faith. God, the book of Acts says, Peter, in talking to the Gentile, I mean, to, the, to the, uh, his Jewish brothers in Acts, when they had that Jerusalem meeting, Acts 15, he says, God who can see the heart, God who knows the heart, saw faith in the hearts of those in Cornelius' house and gave them in the spirit like us before they even said a word, before they even said, I believe, God who knows the heart saw faith. So that's Acts. So God who knows the heart, who is much wiser than all of us, obviously, can look at a Uh, someone in in, in Africa or or someone in in Adam's descent who looks at the stars and the moon and looks in their heart and looks, do they believe beyond what they see? Would they believe had they heard the gospel? So when they died before Christ, God who can see faith, who's outside of time and space, this is a great mystery we can't explain, he separated the groups, those who would believe and those who would not believe. And they, they just separated forever with a great gulf. That's why Jesus on the cross told the thief I descend today into paradise. The thief said, oh, "Let me real quick, real quick on this this point. I want you to really hear this point real quick on the thieves. The two robbers, or two thieves on the cross. The scripture, the gospel makes it very clear there were two men crucified on either side of him, Jesus in between. One believed, one did not. What is the Father painting a picture of? The Father is painting a picture of this. The verses say in the gospel, this is what triggered my mind when I started reading the verses. The verses said they were crucified with him. They were crucified with him. The two thieves were crucified with him. Where have we heard that first that verse before? Galatians 2.20. For I have been crucified with him. I have been crucified with him. What is the father saying? What's the picture he's painting? Contrary to Calvinistic thinking and Reformed theology, contrary to that teaching, there is no limited atonement. The Father is painting a picture of the Son dying not for just those who believe, but for those who reject Him also. Yes. It is for all mankind. He tasted death for all mankind, as John, First John two two says, He died not for our sins only, but for the sins of the whole world. Yes. And so here's two thieves. One says, "Save us." Didn't believe. The other one says, how can you say that to him? Why do you say these things? We receive our our condemnation justly. He has done nothing wrong. And then he turns to Jesus and simply says, Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. He believed in the resurrection by saying that. He believed in who he was by saying that. He admitted he he, he deserved judgment by saying that. That's it. He couldn't do one good deed. He was nailed to a cross. He simply said, Lord, remember me. And Jesus pushed up to breathe and speak and turned to him and said, Truly, truly, I say to you, this day you shall be with me in paradise. This day. Okay, so then, here's the thief and the Christ and the other thief descending at death. Two legs, bro- the broken of the legs of the two thieves But not the Christ, for he had already given up his life. He already gave his life, fulfilling the scripture that not a bone of his will be broken. And they descended into Sheol. And what happened was the thief who believed descended with Christ into Abraham's bosom, into this place called paradise. The scripture says in the parable that Jesus spoke, which is not really a parable, he said that Lazarus, the the man with sores and all, was found in Abraham's bosom where he was comforted. That's a place of comfort, whereas the other place was not comforted. And the reason why, saints, is because the body, when the body is separated from your spirit, from your inner man, your invisible being, if you don't have the life of God in you, now the world, you think that, you know, alcohol or money or sex or whatever this world stimulates you with, that is satisfying. That's life. But the truth is, when, you, when you're separated from your body, if you don't have the life of Christ in you, you suddenly become very thirsty Because all this stuff out here, even water itself on this planet, is a picture of the living water, the true water, which is only in Christ. So what happened was that person who did not have Christ, he was separated from his body and realized, oh God, I thirst. I realized now I didn't have life. I need life. The, The thief, who also did not have the spirit of Christ in him yet, descended, and he was separated from his body, but God provided for his people, comforting them, holding place like robert says a holding place so that they could be comforted until the sacrifice was made on the earth so that he could take captivity captive and get them out of there so it was a paradise abraham wasn't suffering there they even though because god supernaturally provided life for them and prepared and, and took care of them until they could be they could be brought into the heavens and so then what happened when jesus descended the scripture says peter says he proclaimed or preached the good news to the prisoners who had been there even from the Noah's flood. 1 Peter chapter 3. Even those who were in there from Noah's flood, the prisoners, the spirits, helped in prison. Now, look at this. The enemy thought he had the authority to hold these spirits, these human beings. He thought he had the gates, the keys to Hades because he had never seen a man, never seen a man leave Hades to go to heaven. Never. Never. And the secret that was hidden in God, the scripture says had the rulers of this age understood the hidden mystery, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory because they messed up royally. <laughs> See? So they thought they thought they had him. And so when that when the Christ descended at, at his death, and Lucifer had never seen a man enter heaven, never, never. With all of God's big talk. Yeah, not a single one is in heaven. And yet He came and descended and proclaimed the finished work, the great mystery that it is against the decree of God that a righteous man die because death is only for those who sin and one who has no sin who gives his life For the others who existed before the others in that death terminates all those who came after Him, bringing justice to all who believe on Him. And those who are raised in Him begin a new creation. For the first Adam was a living soul, but the last Adam is a life-giving spirit. So he took captivity captive. And he brought them out of Abraham's bosom. And he ascended on high with great power. For he who descended must also ascend. And what he did, and, this, and, and uh, Matthew talks about this, that in the, when he died on the cross, the earthquake rattled and opened some of the tombs. But nobody came out yet. Why? He must be the first. He must be the first. And so after his resurrection... Matthew says, after his resurrection, the Christ raised was raised from the dead. And many of those bodies in open tombs in Jerusalem came out and went to their relatives, and their neighbors. And they said, he's the one. He has released us from Sheol. We are free. And they would disappear. Going on into the realm. Witnesses of the first fruits of the firstborn from the dead. Jesus himself. Look at the father's heart. Now, take this picture. We'll wrap this up. This is so beautiful, saints. Look at this. Can you imagine? Millions of saints. Millions of saints flooding up behind the one, the Christ. Millions. Clouds of witnesses for the first time. First time in heaven. First time. Can you imagine the Father? Children, come above. Behind the Christ. See? Can you see it? And now... Now, in our day, He has changed everything. There is no Abraham's bosom. There is a Sheol. There is a Hades. Greek Hades. Hebrew Sheol. There is a place of the departed spirits who, are not, who do not have His life. They go there awaiting the final judgment when Sheol shall give up her dead and be judged according to their works and be thrown into the lake of fire because no one is righteous enough in their own works. But now, those who are in Christ, when you die now, it is absent from the body and present with the Lord you enter into that which they have now. You are welcomed into this other realm by the work of the Spirit because you are already there. And those who go to heaven are only the only ones who go to heaven are those who are born there. We're from there. We're, our mother is Jerusalem above. So you go to heaven because you're from there. Born from above, no longer from below. Mm-hmm. Awesome! Yeah, it yeah. Woo! Yeah. It's hard to get all this in. <laughs> I just want to encourage the saints, let's wrap it up as we worship today. Man, everything has changed. It is not true that the Old Testament saints had everything you have. It is not true that the Old Testament saints enjoyed everything you have now. It is not true. In fact, it diminishes the power of the cross. It diminishes the power of God who started a new creation. They were not a new creation. Abraham was not a new creation. And they were not regenerated. But they were when they ascended in this great miracle from Abraham's bosom, they all were regenerated in a moment and brought into heaven because of the sacrifice of the Lamb on earth. Isn't that awesome? And it's all by grace and all through faith and all Christ. I pray, let's just close in prayer. And Lord, I pray that we would see the unseen. Help us enjoy this awesome reality. The kingdom has come now from the future into us that we may taste of the powers of the age to come. Lord, you said, when the Son of Man returns, shall he find faith on the earth? Shall he find anyone who believes that I really did it? And Isaiah says, oh, Lord, who's going to believe this? Who's going to believe this report? Oh, the prophets say, oh, oh, man, consider not the things of old. Behold, he does a new thing. Oh, man, behold, he does a new thing. Oh, Isaiah says his work is alien. It's strange. His work is incredible. Lord, open our eyes to see the scriptures, to see the revelation of the Christ, Jesus himself. Oh God, as Jesus is, so are we in this world. For Christ has been made into me wisdom, sanctification, righteousness, redemption. He raised us from the dead but kept us in these bodies awaiting immortality to be clothed with immortality. Oh God, thank you for this great mystery of spiritual circumcision where you have cut us away from the body of the flesh. Your children are no longer in the flesh but in the spirit because we are in Christ. Thank you, God. Father, I love that scene in The Passion where Jesus is coming with holding the cross and he stumbles and Mary runs to him and Jesus says, Look, Mother, I make all things new. Look, Mother, I make all things new. He did it. I make all things new. Any man be in Christ. He is a new creation. Behold, all things are new. All things have passed away. The Son of God did not fail in His task. He completed the work. He has done it. And He lives in us. Christ in me, the hope of glory. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Thank you, God. Thank you for opening our eyes. In Jesus' name, thank you, Lord. We bless you now together and worship you, Lord, from this awesome union. Amen.